Yeah. Yeah. Still no Al, wherever Al may be, enjoying his all-star break. But Trav and Andy got you covered. Um, every day should be President's Day, Andy. I got to work here in like 45 minutes this morning. It was it was terrific. Usually it's kind of like an hour 20-ish, give or take, but right on in this morning. It's like no Coachella weekend. <laughs> it's, it, you know what it reminded me of? And honestly, it's like, yeah, I don't want to. It reminded me of pandemic driving. There was a period where where I realized we were, thankfully, starting to get back to what normal was before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. A friend of my, uh, a friend of my daughter's, her, her best friend, like during the pandemic, they were having like regular play dates, you know, outside where it's considered, you know, fairly safe, but she needed to see people. Her friend lives normally like, I don't know, 20-ish minutes. It can sometimes be a little bit worse in traffic from us. Sure. Beginning a part of the pandemic, I was getting there in like 10 minutes. It's, it was the only thing that was great about that. Yeah. Is that you'd get, everybody got their closets cleaned and, and that everywhere you wanted to Speak go would yourself. take 50 Oh, you never got to the closet clean out phase of the pandemic? Um, I mean, maybe someone else in my house did it. I don't recall doing it. I, someone's like, I don't have anything else to do. I might as well. I, I haven't worn that shirt in six years. I that did notice one day the, the closet was clean. I just yeah, don't remember was, doing it. It wasn't you. Maybe yeah. somebody broke in and was bored and decided to organize it along the way. How was your weekend? It was all right. You know, it was yeah. pretty chill. My uh, my daughter had a school trip that she was out of town for a few days for, so she came back pretty tired. So we, we just chilled a lot, did some good cooking. We were talking about that before. Yeah, uh, you were saying you got some pizzas made. I made, made some made pizza. Kung Pao. I made some Kung Pao chicken on wow. Saturday. You know, like corn starched up the I, chicken. I, I don't marinated know why, it. but I have a very easy time envisioning you like operating the walk. Like that just feels right to me. I know what I'm doing around a walk. <laughs> I, I generally speaking, I think I know what I'm doing in a kitchen. I'm okay. pretty good. Pretty good. There are Ask Andy's about you in the kitchen, which we'll get to in a little bit, because with Slee, it's like trying to introduce someone. Okay, this is the fire. This is the part that gets hot. This is the pan that you put on top of it. Then you put something in there to kind of sear, and it's like starting from scratch. You're you're an advanced student. I remember, um, I don't know, I, I was probably about 30 or something, and a friend of mine came by my place because we were going out, and we were just meeting up at my place first. And I was eating these stir-fried vegetables that I made. And he came okay. in, and he's like, ooh, those, those look good. Where'd you get them from? I, um, I'm like, I made them. And he's like, you made those? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you made those? I'm like, yes, I made <laughs> what them. What part is unclear? Yeah, and he's like, well, how'd you do it? I'm like, I took a bunch of vegetables and put them in a wok. I'm like, this, <laughs> this, I'm like, this isn't that hard. I'm like, yeah. I've made stuff maybe that would impress you. Yeah. And like, this is when I really realized that this particular friend of mine like knows nothing about the kitchen i feel like there's you're one of two things you either have a general understanding of how things work in there or you have no idea whatsoever like there there is no i can make a few things you either can make a a lot of things or no things i think that's fair yeah he fell on the no things side (laughs) i mean he really he was genuinely stunned and amazed and i think a little part of him suspicious that i was lying <laughs> yeah like there's a pf changs around the yes, corner exactly that he doesn't know about. like he, like he i can see him like side-eyeing looking around for like the the carryout box <laughs> like you mean the one you can unfold into a plate yes the one that you can fold into a plate that we just learned somebody said over the weekend they sent it to me that was you do know that if you just unfold any box it's basically a plate that any box, if you undo all the seams, it's going to lay flat and be plate adjacent at least. So I, I don't know if we didn't know that or we just kind of didn't think it through because he's right. Like, you know, do you have the giant pile of boxes in, in your house, your garage, your backyard sure. or whatever? So every once in a while, you got to go and you got to break them all down yeah. to bundle them up to throw them in the trash, right? If you unbundle, if you flatten out the box, not just like stomp on it, but just tear it at the seam, they're all plates. So essentially what you're saying is if we wanted to have a dinner party, just go to the garage, break down a bunch of boxes. You'd basically be eating off of an Amazon box if you come to my house. Yeah, just have everybody sit on the floor around a bunch of boxes. Those are your plates? That's basically what I'm saying, yes. And you'll sit on a bucket of baseballs. That will be your (laughs) your chair. And then your plate will just be an unfolded Amazon box. I mean, I, I kind of feel like the reason that you and I both did not know this is because while it will technically work, I don't think it's a good idea. It's not better than the box. No. The or, little carton of Chinese food is a perfect right, uh, receptacle. Or, or a plate. You know, like a plate's done pretty well over the years. <laughs> like it's really caught on. There's a reason. <laughs> 
Yeah, pl- plates are. It was a good invention. Yeah, plates and forks were were useful. No, I'm telling you right now, like I'm not a professional investor or whatever. But if you want to invest in plates, they're not going anywhere. So I, I've said this before. I'm not great when I'm when Susan's gone, right? Like there, there, are, I, I I get stuff done and whatnot. But my weekend basically consisted yesterday, at least. I don't know if I left the couch for more than ten consecutive minutes. I think I watched all of the LA opener, the Genesis Invitational. Um, from beginning to end. That's too much. You don't need to watch every shot. That's that's too much golf. I enjoyed every minute of it. Got to see a lot of Tiger. Got to see Rom win, home, all these things. But uh, just kind of seeing I had two full meals watching golf before I realized that I hadn't left the house. It was about 4 o'clock. I'm like, I should probably get outside at some point today. Did you go outside? I did. I went to the grocery store to get more food to cook dinner. <laughs> that, was my, that was my trip Did outside. you watch more golf while making dinner? It was over by the time okay. I made dinner. And that's when I turned on the NBA All-Star game. for, And I, I enjoyed it for a good zero seconds. It was it was terrific. It was uh, turned it on like, nah, don't need to see this. And immediately turned it off. That, and, that uh, seemed to be the sentiment else. of a lot of the people playing in it. Well, my, the coach, Mike Malone, was like this. I believe the exact quote was, this is the worst basketball game ever played. So mm-hmm. that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, Jalen Brown was not a fan. Uh <laughs> Shea Gilgis Alexander emphasized that he enjoyed himself, but he can see what doesn't work about it. Like this, this year's model seemed to have a lot of complaining attached to it. It did. Well, I think it's it when you have a game that is non-competitive, which that is by definition, it's a non-competitive um, endeavor. Combined with a city where I don't think the players are dying to go out and see what Salt Lake City has to offer them. I think you're going to get some people saying, yeah, this should be in Vegas or New Orleans or Miami or Los Angeles or Chicago or New York or basically probably 25 of the 30 NBA cities. This is probably in the five that you don't want to be in. Yeah, so basically by the time they were playing, they were so ready to leave, (laughs) all they're thinking about is leaving. Here's Jalen Brown calling it a glorified layup line, which is probably a little generous. All it's fun. Games like this, real basketball is different. This was like, I don't even, this was like a layup line. Like, I don't know how much how much notoriety or, or he would want to get from this. It was just a glorified layup line, but, you know, we got to figure out how to make maybe the game a little bit more competitive. But if the fans like it, that's all that matters. Well, okay, so a couple of things he said there. We need to find a way to make this a little bit more competitive. Put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it in a second. But the fans seem to enjoy it. Do they? Maybe the people in the arena are having a good time seeing Giannis and LeBron and, and whoever run up and down and, and do whatever that is that they were doing. It's not playing basketball. I, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but this the fans – uh, I, I might push back well, on that a little bit. Okay, look, I always try to remind myself not to put too much stock in like basketball Twitter, for example, because as vibrant a place as it can be, it is a really small sliver of the basketball watching universe. Yeah. So I'm always keeping that perspective. That being said, basketball Twitter hated this thing. Like basketball Twitter, from what I saw, and I, I think I'm a fairly you know uh, active, watchful member of basketball Twitter because it's my job. Mm-hmm. Seemed unhappy with it. Didn't seem entertained by what, it. What's entertaining about it? The, and look, we we can we'll go back to the first thing that Jalen Brown said. That is something needs to be done to make it more. I don't know when you have a sport that, by definition, and the NFL is the ultimate example of this, and hockey's probably in there, and then basketball is somewhere between that and what Major League Baseball is. If competing is inherently dangerous then why are we doing it in something that doesn't count? Football finally figured, we're not going to play a football game. We're going to I actually thought around. the flag football thing was fun. I did too, because it was just enough of a football thing to have it be fun to see, but not nearly enough where you're like, this isn't what I paid to see. Well, the, the players, though, you could tell were having fun. Yes. Like, that's part of it. Because I, I don't know if you've ever been to the Pro Bowl before I have. I, I have not. Years ago, I got sent there for ESPN the magazine for, for an assignment. It was awful. Like the event was awful. It was so uninter, and I was the actual event itself, or yes. everything surrounding the event. No, the, everything surrounding the event was, I guess, fun. But yeah. that from the fans don't get to really participate in that. But like actually being in the stadium for the Pro Bowl, watching it live in front of me, it was unwatchable. It was terrible. Worse than what we saw last night. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to believe because <laughs> here's okay. Here's the real difference. If, however bored you think the NBA players 
were during this particular All-Star game, it pales by how much the NFL players I saw clearly did not want to be out there and were worried about the ramifications of being out well, there. Well, sure. I mean, you make one bad step, one bad, you know, you're going to get tackled, I guess, theoretically. That could go wrong. But you're, you're right that watching what we saw last night, no one seemed to be having a good – they're smiling and they're throwing their – you know, but it's that I'm play acting, I'm having a good time, as opposed to I'm genuinely having a good time. I think most of us can tell the difference. That that was not – nobody was enjoying that. Nobody was excited to see that. Nobody seemed to be all that excited to be out there. And I don't know how you fix it because the idea of, well, play deep – no. Why? Why? For who? For well, what? You know, I, I tweeted this out uh, yesterday at Cam Brothers. One inherent issue for the All-Star game is that it used to be a meaningful showcase for players. Like, you know, 10 years – even 10 years ago, but certainly 20 years ago, 30 years ago, this was a real opportunity – for even some players in big markets, much less the ones in smaller ones, to actually have all the eyeballs on them. But now in an age of global exposure and social media, league pass, it doesn't offer the same opportunity and urgency. And in a rings culture, there's no cachet. So now it's basically just busy work. Like for the players, it's busy work. There's, If I want to see anybody in the NBA, it's a click away. It's, it's, there's no, you don't, I'll go back to when I was a kid. To see Dominique Wilkins in the dunk contest against Michael Jordan, you didn't see Dominique very often because the game of the week was the Lakers or the Celtics. That was it. Occasionally you get Philly. Occasionally you'd get a Milwaukee or something like that. But to see, and this again, this yeah. was before Jordan was Jordan. This was when he was just score a lot of points, Jordan, fly through the air, Jordan. And Dominique Wilkins, the human highlight reel, this was your opportunity to see them. This is – I. I they're not even NBA players participating in this thing. There's nothing about this that I have seen John Morant throw down amazing dunks in NBA games a hundred well, times. Okay, this is why this is why Mac McClung winning the dunk contest. You know, I yes, there's an element of you know little white guy who doesn't look like he should be playing basketball winning the dunk contest in the you know broadly speaking black sport. There is you know jokes that write themselves mm-hmm. from that. But part of what made that so compelling is Mac McClung was treating this like a once in a lifetime opportunity <laughs> because it was for him. For it him, was, yeah. it is a once in a lifetime opportunity for all of the other players in the dunk contest, particularly the bigger names. They don't need no, they to don't. be doing this, and and in some ways, it's like wh- why? I, like for what I, I, reason? I get People that. get to see me dunk all the time. Yes, but the Mac McClung portion of this if i want to watch guys that i don't know dunk there's youtube <laughs> you know sure. what i mean like i don't need to see guys that i've never heard i know he played a game with the lakers i think he played a game with the bulls he's not an nba player he, he's just by he, he's not and so there are a lot of guys out at various parks around the country that can do really cool dunks mac mcclung among them but i don't really care I, I am a star guy. I want to watch star guys do star things on star stages. That was none you're this, of this. show's John Ireland. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I don't really want to watch non NBA guys dunk basketballs. There's a universe out there. I'm sure that people do. Excuse me. He is a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. Mac uh, McClung. Uh-huh. Thank you very not much. Not in the NBA. He's not. He's a two-way G League or whatever it is now. I, there's nothing about that that I need to see. You, everybody can say it was great. Were the dunks cool? Yeah, they were cool dunks. Okay, I mean it's yeah they they were. I'd rather watch the the one very brief moment I was watching the All Star game was when Jaw tried to go through his legs in the middle. I was like, all right, that I, I'd rather watch him miss that than watch McClung take it off his buddy's. Uh, head and, and throw it down all right um russell westbrook is back in the league he's still in la and i can't tell if this is my favorite idea ever or the worst idea ever it's coming up next it's travis lee and he's in for slee on 710 espn 10 seconds on the clock how many things can you name that are always growing your relationships your skills your customer base how about businesses on shopify Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you get out and uh, start finalizing and honing your pickleball skills, getting ready for our tournament coming up here in a little bit? I still need to – I have my racket uh, that the we were – Paddle, I, Andy. Paddle. My paddle. <laughs> I think that probably answers your question. Yeah. <laughs> paddle. Yes. yes. Um, I got my paddle. I need to find um, access to somewhere where I can practice, and by practice I mean play for the first time ever. <laughs> I, and by play for the first time ever, I mean see pickleball for the second time ever. Okay, I've seen it once before. You on TV? No, on uh, YouTube. My, on I, I took my daughter. Um, there's a park in Beverly Hills that has an outdoor volleyball net with like a like a sand pit area. Okay. And she plays volleyball, so she wanted to practice one day, so I was going to go out there and let her, you know, like hit, I'd do my best to return, whatever. Yeah. But this court, I mean, th- this park has pickleball, are they called courts? They courts? are. It's a court, yes. Yeah, they have pickleball You use your courts. paddle on the court. Yes. <laughs> uh, they have pickleball courts. I watched a little bit of this. Um, that's the most exposure I've that's, had. That's that's what pickleball. you did. Well, you need to get ready because our inaugural pickleball madness tournament's coming up March 18th. It's from 10 a.m. till 4 p.m. at Agape Pickleball Center in Miles Square Park, Fountain Valley. Reserve seating is still available. You can register at ESPNLA.com. Of course, all of the spots to play in this event sold out like that, but it is open to the public. And a big thanks to Johnsonville Hoffy and Zico Coconut Water. If you're thinking, well, after I come and watch Trav and Slee play pickleball, what am I going be able to do there's tv to watch all your college basketball games there's papa shot there's demos and lessons for pickleball you need one of those andy yes I kid do. zone beer garden so you're gonna have a good time there complimentary food and drinks dj entertainment 360 photo opportunity all sorts of things to do so make sure that uh, you come on the out 360 there. was fun at the mandy's it's always fun yeah, yeah that's a, that you're seeing that in more and more things and everybody loves it we did it at the rose bowl my family they had one out there as well march 18th 10 to 4 uh for the espnl inaugural pickleball madness tournament all right so russell westbrook is a clipper that's what we're finding out uh they are finalizing a contract buyout with the utah jazz nine-time all-star guard russell westbrook plans to sign with the la clippers his agent jeff schwartz uh tells espn league sources confirmed to the athletic that russell westbrook is headed to la today to take a physical expectation is that he will start with the clippers but it may not be right away. That breaking news on 710 is brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and coupons today. Um, I do not I, – I, I sat here, I talked with Emily about this, talked with Berger about it, haven't brought it up with you yet. Take me through the upside to this for the Clippers because I know all the things that can go wrong. I know all the reasons this is a bad idea, and we'll talk about that, but – for a team that seems to have a pretty good grip on what it is they want to do, they have a good coach, they have a good front office, they have a good owner, this seems like doing the same mistake that a lot of other people have done right in front of you thinking, oh, no, no, it'll be different with us. Okay, here here are the theoretical pros or the theoretical upsides that I do think there is an on-paper logic to them if you remove all the contexts of – You know, Russ's personality, the fact that he is, as I like to say, the least blendable player Mm -hmm. in the entire NBA, Mm -hmm. but just the on-paper arguments. The Clippers, if nothing else, seem like they think they need a more traditional point guard. Like, Terrence Mann has been doing this at times. It's not really what he does. Paul George has often been like a point forward. He can do it, but it's not really what he does. Kawhi Leonard can run sets. It's not really what he does. They don't really have anybody on there 
that you that you can legitimately say can run an offense like or that's his specialty. Okay. Russell Westbrook can run offenses. I mean, he can. It is what we, he can. I, 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 you're giving me a look right now. He absolutely can. There are there are downsides that come with Russell Westbrook uh, oh. when he's not running <laughs> to the steal offense. Your joke, sure. When he's not running the offense, but I I think it is a clear, obvious statement. He can run offenses. The Clippers also have way better spacing than the Lakers had. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, Kawhi Leonard is a three-point shooter. Paul George is a three-point shooter. Marcus Morris is a three-point shooter. Eric Gordon, if they're going to be playing together, three-point shooter. Like, Bones Highland. Like, they've, they've got guys on this team who can hit threes. So you have a much more spread-out floor for Russell Westbrook where if it's going to work, that is how it works. Part of the issue the Lakers had is they really did not have enough shooting to make the most idealized version of Russell Westbrook work. Mm-hmm. The number three thing, I guess, you could look at this and say it's a low-risk opportunity. That That's the part, Andy, for me that I think is why I, – I, I think this is a terrible idea, and we'll talk about why it's a terrible idea coming up here. But the, the one thing that I don't have a good – yeah, but to – if it doesn't work out, you just cut him loose. Right, that, that, that's fine. That, that there's very there's, low. There is some time. I would say there's some time lost in terms of the downside because all of the time spent trying to figure out what to do with Russ, you could mm-hmm. have instead been using trying to figure out the best version of your team. And they have a few new pieces to work in as well. Eric Gordon, Bones Highland, uh, I believe it's Mason Plumley, one of the Plumleys. One of the Plumleys. Um, you know they've and they've had guys in and out of the lineup. Like they have you know, uh, gelling issues of their own. So there is a certain amount of time being wasted with Russ if it doesn't work. But again, those are the totally on paper, remove a lot of context, just basketball, skill set, basketball needs theoretical reasons why it could work. All right, so I want to go back. You said gelling issues, that perhaps the attempt to... (laughs) integrate him into what it is they're doing if it doesn't work that's a week or two or who knows how long where you didn't figure out what what you're ultimately going to have to go to the playoffs and play with okay to use your description he's the least blendable player that that's what we're talking about that this is one of these things i i intellectually i understand what you're saying intellectually this can he run an offense well yeah okay fine but does he will he is he enthusiastically going to do that? I'm going to go by what I've seen for a very long time, which is not, no, not really. Because what he does do is takes the ball and looks for ways to create things for himself and then looks for a second way to create something for himself and then a third, fourth, fifth. And then maybe if everything doesn't work out, I'm going to go get someone else. And then on top of all of that, it's a team that I, I, I'm struggling with the, the word here. I'm going to go with odd, okay? I'm going to go with an odd mix of guys. Not a bad mix, not necessarily a a losing mix, but your best player is non-traditional, shall we say, as far as his leadership style, okay? Your second best player seems very comfortable deferring to someone else. Fine. Now, all of a sudden, you have this guy that is unblendable, to use your word, or, or not very blendable. The, it just this this whole thing feels like a whole bunch of stuff and none of it really fits together. This doesn't feel like somebody that is going to be comfortable taking a back seat, that is going to be comfortable being along for the ride. Well, here's the thing though, if he is theoretically going to start, he's not along for the ride. He's going to have a, he's but going to have he's a pretty their prominent third role. best option. And this is exactly the same problem that the Lakers had with him, which is you know he's the third best option. I know he's the third best option. He doesn't. Well, but I understand what you're saying. I don't totally agree with that assessment. Like part of the, the real issue wasn't the idea of pecking or like Russ got plenty of shots with the Lakers. The problem is Russ's utility off ball is so limited mm-hmm. that in order to get the best version of Russ, you need to be playing LeBron more off ball, which look, that period where AD was hurt. Russ and LeBron actually started playing pretty well off each other. Like that thing started be- becoming less clunky 
towards the end of Russ's time with the Lakers. It was never going to be perfect because in order for it to be perfect, it needs to be interchangeable. It's never going to be interchangeable because Russ doesn't have utility off ball and in certain respects won't do the things that he could do. So it started turning into LeBron getting fed on the move, things like that, and Mm -hmm. they they made it better. But it was more of a fit thing than I think Russ just hunting his own shots first, second, and third. Like, Russ actually would go out of his way to set up Anthony Davis. He'd go out of his way to set up other bigs on the team. He Like, if you ran the floor, Russ would typically reward you. Like, I'm... I'm not saying this to take up for Russ like he was somehow like underrated with the Lakers. Uh-huh. I'm just trying to be fair. I, I understand. And I'm trying to just remember everywhere I've seen him play ever. That, that when he came into this league, he was this really fast, incredibly athletic, explosive, just guy that would just attack the game. Fast forward how many years? This is 14th, 15th year, something like that. That he is exactly that, only a little bit less effective doing that. There's been very little added to what it is that he does. He's and not it, brought it, a lot of nuance. No. And <laughs> what he's going to bring to the Clippers is exactly what he was in Oklahoma City, in Houston, in D.C., in the Lakers, and now he's going to go do that there. And while I hear what you're saying, that if you run the floor, he's going to reward you. He will try to find you. I just want to see what happens the first time we're coming down to the end of the game and Kawhi Leonard's standing there and Paul George is standing there and Russ is doing up a Russ things. Yeah. Like that that's the point where everybody's gonna be like, this is the guy we brought in. Look, I just don't think they need that. I person would not on the have floor. done this. I mean, like I <laughs> want to make it clear when I'm bringing up yeah. these theoretical upsides, this is not coming with dot dot dot, and that's why I would have signed <laughs> Russell Westbrook. I'm just explaining the reasons that it could I mean Big problem they're going to have is they only have like 20 something games to make this work. Yeah. And that's not how many a lot. games do you give it? Like, do you just say, listen, we're going to give this eight? We're going to give this eight games. And if it doesn't look right, we have to cut bait and go in a different direction. Or do you give it the whole I damn think, end of the regular season? I think before you, you make have that decision. To, because eight. Eight games is not a reasonable amount of time. What is is it? The 20, the Lakers have 23. So let's assume they have 23 left as well. Do you give them all 23? I think unless it is absolutely disastrous, you kind of have to give it all 23. And then once you're in the playoffs, if Russ starts becoming more of an issue, you just start decreasing his playing time. And if he really starts becoming a problem because you decreased his playing time, you send him away or whatever. But I'm just saying eight games is not realistic. No, it's not. Like, but there are only so many more. games left. Right. But in in order to find a way to make this work, you have to actually give it the time. Otherwise, don't do it. All right. 877-710-ESPN. 877-710-3776. The Clippers have 22 games left, Emily. 21? 21. 21 games left. So, okay, maybe you give them five <laughs> before you decide whether or not it works or all 21. Uh, Clipper fans, what do you think of this? Is this something you're excited to see? Is this a no <laughs> moment? No, don't do that. Because the Clippers are as in it in the Western Conference really as anybody else is. They're fourth and, in the West. Yeah, and and... and dangerous because they have really good players if they're healthy and they have their whole roster I hate saying it's, this i know it's a laker it, clippers are good it, they they are they're good now they're also the clippers which is they demonstrated today by bringing in russell westbrook we'll take your phone calls plus um taylor told me something about the raccoons this morning that is not good news for taylor it's coming up next it's travis slee and he's in for slee 710 espn Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. There is, of course, the possibility that Russell Westbrook comes in and is awesome, which is 
also very, very intriguing. Unlikely, but if he does everything that Laker fans wanted him to do for the Lakers, for the Clippers, that is a rather compelling news story, shall we say. I'm picturing this, like, worst case (laughs) We know the apocalypse is nigh <laughs> scenario where oh, Ru- it is <laughs> where Russell Westbrook averages like not just a triple double for the entire playoffs like each round but we're talking like a 30 20 20 playoffs MVP he, stuff <laughs> he leads the league in off ball cutting baskets and in the Western Conference Finals lock I mean locks up <laughs> Kevin Durant like Durant averages like seven points per game and then in the finals where Russ ends up uh MVP he switches off locking down Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown like, and and by switching off I mean in the same possession no help it's like looks back at Kawhi he's like buddy I got, I got this. this I got them both yeah you you sit claw I got this. it would be I, the Laker fans' reactions to said scenario, but just if he just fits in perfectly with them, which let me be very clear, I think is extremely unlikely. But in the event that that happened, Laker fans would be jumping into traffic. Oh my god! Be- because what he was supposed to be here, it it's not going to happen. But if it did, it would be incredible well, to watch. It becomes an indictment of. Rob Palinka yes. and like the whole front office, like their inability to reach Russ. It becomes an, an indictment of LeBron and Anthony Davis, who recruited <laughs> Russell Westbrook, but yet could not reach him. It becomes an indictment of both Darvin Ham and Frank, Frank Vogel. Vogel too. Yeah, like w- what was the matter with Frank Vogel? Like where he <laughs> couldn't figure out how to extend his future with the Lakers by just. Having a relationship with Russell Westbrook was obvious. because Well, at this point, and we'll see, it didn't feel like he was incapable of having a relationship with Russell Westbrook. It felt like Russell Westbrook's incapable of having a relationship with other people. We thought that then. (laughs) Until he... Right. Until, I mean, all these other half-asses who couldn't figure it out with the Lakers, like, that's on them. I don't think this is... Clearly, Ty Lue and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they understand what it means. (laughs) To build bridges. Steve Ballmer <laughs> understands what it means uh-huh. to build bridges. I, I don't think we're going to have to have this conversation too often. Um, Feels so unlikely. Walking out to get a cup of coffee this morning, and Taylor says to me, hey, Trav, the, uh, the raccoons are back. They said, have, do you not know this story? No. Oh, okay. Before we, before we go any further then, let me, I, I, for the listeners that know, bear with me, for those of you that don't, this is <laughs> Sorry, important. really quick. Someone just tweeted at us. Uh, Keenan uh, Mama just tweeted at us. It would be hilarious if someone else claimed him off waivers. <laughs> just beats just to block them. <laughs> just to block. <laughs> is it like baseball where they can block people's in reverse order? I guess. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty fun. I'd like that quite a bit. Um, the other night, Taylor was asleep. And he wakes up hearing some animal eating out of his cat's dish. He has a cat. His cat is, then he realizes the cat is on the bed next to him. And there is an animal eating out of the dish right next to his, in the house. He looks down and there is a ginormous raccoon staring up at him, eating the cat's food in the bedroom. Do you close your doors at night? (laughs) So my cat's indoor outdoor and it had not been closing my door. But uh, that has since changed. I've been closing it and have had no signs of raccoons in my in my house. Yeah, funny past. that correlation. Yeah. Close the door. <laughs> it did seem to keep, it did seem to solve the raccoons in the house problem. <laughs> the detectives that you hired to figure this out. <laughs> However, you showed me a video, Taylor, this morning. You said, "Trav, the raccoons are back." My first question was, "In your house?" Not in the house. Fortunately, not. No. So I I I heard last night. It sounded like some shuffling going on on my roof. And I, I went out to check, you know, check it out outside. I took my flashlight out there. Um, I climbed on a stump so I could uh, see what's going on. And I saw that there were some raccoons. Um, I don't know how to say this. Enjoying each other's company. Yeah, procreating. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I have some video of it. I put it on my on my Twitter feed. All you can see Taylor. are the Smith. eyes. No, it's, it's hilarious. Because... <laughs> All you can see is the reflection of their eyes, and they're right on top of each other. <laughs> did, did one of them uh, introduce themselves as like the cable installer, <laughs> like the pizza delivery guy, <laughs> since you're making a video of this? I think they're doing this to spite me. Um, you're going to have to get some sort of uh, animal control out there or traps or something. You're going to be lousy production with company. raccoons here. <laughs> 
It's not that kind of movie. <laughs> they're in love. <laughs> they, they, they've been a long-term You're a musician. You're a musician. They, they didn't stop doing it. I mean, Taylor, the video little, didn't wow. bother them at all. <laughs> <laughs> your, your mind went to a place that I was not expecting. Exactly. Go. We're going to have some baby raccoons very soon. I was going to say, they're going to be, and I, I don't know if we have any veterinarians out there. Like, I would imagine raccoons have litters of pups or whatever they're called, but uh, you're going to be infested here before too long. They're going to be able to get into the roof and yeah. in the attic and all of those The smaller ones get inside. They have a food source now. We so actually, in in the office in my house, we I could hear this like rattling inside the walls at night i'm like what is this so i figured it must have been a nocturnal animal exterminator came by removed a rat that i could only see it in the like garbage bag that the exterminator had but had heft it had the the bag was bending (laughs) one rat one rat this one rat was like a wildebeest. <laughs> it's the king rat. It's the it's the biggest of them all. But apparently raccoons have between two and five babies in a litter. There you go. That And I'm guessing Taylor, because these guys are having such a nice time, that's five. I, I, I believe that that looked like a, a five litter that was getting ready to be sprung on Taylor's house. Close your doors, Taylor. Did you throw rocks at him or something to get him the hell out of there? What did you do? I yelled at them. Hose? I, I mean, I, I hollered at them a little bit, but... <laughs> lit candles. I, I don't know. What What can I do? Climb up there and start swinging at them? And I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I would have Throw thrown something a, a, a rock or something or squirted them with a hose, something to get them out of there. I mean, they're in the middle of something, <laughs> Travis. That's what I'm afraid of. I don't want them to come back that this is the spot where they feel i don't know if they're like salmon and they return to where they were sprung or taylor's Taylor's house is their no-tell motel it's their end of their date night every yeah it just it feels like this is a very bad idea you 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 need to call animal control taylor you need to get you really do raccoon problem you don't want this to grow like word gets around that your roof is the the spot all right i'll call him tonight do you taylor speaking of do you this has nothing speaking of it's not the right transition i was the Sacramento Kings have the second most difficult schedule of the remaining part of the <laughs> NBA. Did of. you know that? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, a lot of Phoenix. Uh, just played Dallas twice. Clippers it's... twice left. They got uh, they got a lot of stuff coming up. You ready for this? I am. I'm ready for the the hopeful playoff push. Do you like that the Clippers my got breath. Russell Westbrook? <laughs> As a Kings fan, do you like that? I think I think Westbrook has a lot left in him. I do. Do you really? I do. Why? Because I think the Lakers are the problem. Kings fan. <laughs> yeah. He has more assists than LeBron James for the season. I mean, he's a playmaker. Is this, he? This whole, this whole notion that no, he, he... Look, he is a playmaker. Uh, it is... It is un, he's 10th all-time in all-time assists. Well, I, I there are only two that. players ahead of him on both the all-time scoring and assist list. It's Oscar Robertson and LeBron. Like, that's an impressive achievement. Wait, explain that number. What's there, that number? Russ is currently, I believe, 33 or 32 on the all-time assist list. Okay. Or on the scoring list, I'm sorry. He's 10th okay. on the assist list. Yep. He's like 32, 33 on scoring. The only two players ahead of Russ on both on lists. Both. Okay. LeBron, Oscar Robertson. I mean, that's impressive. It is. To everybody but you. I, it, it, it is. I don't want to completely throw cold water on it, but it... It is impressive until you take the context of – and this this kind of is something that I think we should get into at some point. Maybe we'll do it after Ask Andy. Like his legacy in this league is what? He has a – it's very – because he's certainly going to go to the Hall of Fame. He is certainly one of the more exciting, dynamic players of his era. But it's an odd – like the takeaway from the Russell Westbrook experience is – fill in the blank from right there there's 10 different things you could throw in there 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 is no just one great player it's not yes he's a great player but there's a huge but after that is he a great team i don't know is he a winning player i don't know there's a whole bunch of butts where if you're just going down the list of great players of this generation whether it's steph or it's lebron or it's any of these other guys it feels like he's in a separate category from those guys we'll talk about that i actually think it's less separate than you think it is once you actually start thinking about it strike quick phone call here let's go to long beach and marvin marvin you're on with trav and andy what's up marvin trav you're gonna eat your words man um this that's what they said when the lakers got him but go ahead is gonna no he's gonna kill the lakers he's gonna kill the league watch he's gonna he's gonna make uh his presence known because he has a chip on his shoulder you know, he just went. He had one when he joined the Lakers. And he had one when he went to, yeah. to Houston. And, and, and he had I, one I when agree, he went to I agree everywhere with, else. Uh, with, 
you know, the Lakers are the problem. They are the problem. It was LeBron's. It was actually LeBron had the problem. He couldn't play with them. I mean, come on, isn't LeBron the guy that, you know, everybody, you know, uh, likes to play with and he makes everybody better? Well, he didn't make Westbrook better. It was, you know, so I, I believe he's going to, he's, he's just, he's just going to be one of the best guys. I think it's it's one of one of the best things that uh, they, they find a, a diamond in the rough with uh, Russell Westbrook. So, um, I mean, and I'm not even a Clipper fan. I just, I, I hated him that they had to let him go, but honestly, uh you know, it's the Lakers, man. They have a huge problem. Okay. Marvin, thank you for the phone call. I'm just going to throw this out there. We can circle back to this after Ask Andy. Kevin Durant couldn't leave fast enough. When he went to Houston, the Rockets said, uh, nope, no thank you. He went to Washington, which worked out okay. Washington was not looking was, to trade him. Was not they were not deal. looking the, to. The Washington thing was like, all right, all right, fair enough. The Lakers, when, about five minutes after he arrived, they're like, well, this is a terrible idea. And now we'll see what happens with it. When everywhere you go, people are very anxious to have you not be here anymore, it's not well, everybody else's fault. Well, I the the Thunder were not anxious to have him leave. Like the the Thunder maybe not, Andy, but the player Kevin Durant is the best example of this. He could have easily stayed had he wanted maybe to stay. We've seen his judgment. I, I'm I'm not saying that, but this is not somebody that people are dying to play with, is my point. My point is is that even a great score like Kevin Durant, LeBron James, the James Harden, these other guys, they're like, no, man. Like, I, and I don't think that everybody has been wrong about him. Sure, except Why did LeBron want him in the first place then. That's a different question LeBron, altogether. LeBron does not always have good judgment with this stuff. That's but the answer to that question. The, the players that you cited, Kevin Durant, James Harden, they seem awfully hard to make happy in terms of who they play with as well. So in that sense, I don't know if you can put that all I, on Russ. It's not, okay, but it's all of them. If it were half of them, sure. But Anthony Davis never really fit really well together. And LeBron James, I don't agree with that, actually. I, I think I, Russ and AD fit together fine. Then it's, why was it so bad? Well, in part because AD's never available. <laughs> the guy that actually fit with Russ better wasn't ever around. All of these things. that it's, It was this. It was that everywhere he goes, they're excited to see him leave. That can't be everybody else's fault. It's a, he's an He's a really, really loudly imperfect player. I'm, I'm not denying any of that. I'm not, I'm not trying to be the guy that's Russ's advocate here. <laughs> I thought trading for him was lunacy when the Lakers did it. Like all I'm saying well, makes is two of us. All I'm saying is that there are a lot of guys around the league that you're citing that wanted to get rid of Russ that have a difficult time seemingly deciding who the hell they want to play with. I don't disagree with that, but it's all of them. If it were one or two, or so, it, it's, it seems to be... Bradley Beal liked him. <laughs> Paul George <laughs> exactly. wants to play with him. Uh huh. Paul, Paul George liked him. Paul George is one of those guys that just somebody else do it. Somebody else do it. That That's not <laughs> the guy. Somebody else do it. <laughs> Indeed. Ask Andy coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 877-710-ESPN. That's the phone number if you'd like to get in and ask Andy on the phone. Of course, you can send them to us on Twitter as well, at Travis Rogers. Let's start right here with TFP. We're, oh, by the way, we're looking for Travis Lee Pickleball team names. So if you would like to offer us a suggestion, you can send that on Twitter. You can call us as well. TFP says, is asking you, Andy, what our team name should be. Is it Pick Van Exel, <laughs> Picky Mantle, Pick and Shorty or Jalen Paddle? Uh, Pick Van Exel's the best. Pick Van Exel's pretty Pick, good. Pick Van Exel's pretty great because it brings in pickleball. It brings in the L.A. flavor. It brings in both of your love for the Lakers. And that is an era that you experienced yes. like in L.A. I think Nick, I think Eddie Jones was Slee's first true love, but Nick Van Exel's on Eddie the list. Eddie Jones, by the way, you cannot underestimate how popular that guy remained. Like, I have heard from Laker fans still angry about the Eddie Jones trade. Like, still mad, even though, yeah, Glenn Rice 
was a little bit underwhelming, but you got a championship with him. Yeah. When you traded Eddie Jones, you did it in part to open up more time for Kobe. I think we can all agree that worked out all right. <laughs> yeah, seems like I mean, a good yes, decision. you could have kept Eddie Jones in LA and done all, but I'm just saying it worked out in the end. Laker fans still mad about Eddie Jones. They loved Eddie Jones. Pick Van Exel. Bergman, write that down. That's the leader in the clubhouse. I right like now. Pick Van Exel. Uh, that's a pretty good Not idea. Salt and fat? So but that doesn't that's only me. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be a little bit of Al, a little bit of me to have the team name that that works. And salt and fat is just me, right? Like I don't know where Al's so kind of salty. Yeah. Is he? Sometimes. During this during this segment anyway. <laughs> yeah, well that's a good point. That's a good point. Here you go. Eight oh five Raider. Andy, if you invited some family and friends over for a semi-formal dinner night at your home, what's on the menu? You have one week's notice. Okay. Um, I actually saw this one and thought about it. Uh, first thing you want to do, because I assume that this is basically me being in charge of the whole thing. I don't have you know, like assistance or whatever. No, you you're know. knocking this out. Right. My, my wife's in charge of getting the house looking nice, all that and, stuff. And barware. Right. And barware. <laughs> yes. She loves to collect herself some barware. Um, I couldn't help myself. So I, it's okay. I thought about this in terms of stuff that I can make that I think I make well, but also a lot of it can be spent self cooking mm-hmm. or like doesn't require a lot of hands on for everything all at once. So I think I'm going to go with some appetizers. Um, I've got an indoor pizza maker that's like a pizza stone pizza maker. It's it's fantastic. It tastes like wood fired, but it doesn't heat up the whole house. And Trav hates homemade pizza, so don't give it to him. No, well, no, he, no. He showed me this oven that is a bit of a game changer, Emily. We were it's discussing this this morning. Pretty great. I actually brought in some of my uh, homemade pizza for lunch today, so you can see how it turned out. See? See? I mean, let's, let's maybe okay. taste. Okay, maybe we can yeah. taste a bit. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to make some like pizzas... Thin crust pizzas and a little garlic bread as appetizers. Then I'm going to have like a pretty simple arugula salad with some goat cheese, Kalamata pitted olives. They got to be pitted, otherwise yeah, it becomes a mess. My teeth. And then just like a simple olive oil, lemon juice, salt, and pepper. Just toss that around. But again, pretty light. I'm going to make some roasted potatoes in the air fryer using this Trader Joe's spice. I love it's. I, I don't know if it's pronounced uh, ahika. Or a Jika. Okay. So they say it's Georgian seasoning blend. I, I imagine Georgia it, like Atlanta or Georgia like Eastern Europe? I th- believe Eastern Europe. <laughs> okay. Um, it's got like, it's got a little bit of heat to it, but it's not overwhelming. Um, I think those with like some garlic, a little bit of oregano, some salt turn out really well. And then I went back and forth between do I want to make a roasted pork shoulder, which again, you put that in the oven for a while and it's sort of working. Or do I want to make a pozole, which is like a Mexican stew? Mm-hmm. I usually like making the verde, the, the green, mm-hmm. over the red, but I've made both. Um, either one would be a pork dish. Assuming nobody has any type of objection to pork. Nope. I would want to go. I, <laughs> so you <laughs> just you invited yourself one. over. Oh, no. The, the question very specifically says friends and family. <laughs> so I, I, I expect yes. an invitation yes. to this event. Um, I was going to go pork just because I, I feel like it's something that people – get less often and and i think i do pork pretty well that sounds amazing so that would be you know with five minutes to plan this thing that was what i came up with that's in depth i you you can and i think party i think i'd do it pretty well dessert i I can tell honestly i'm not a dessert maker dessert's probably just gonna be something simple chips ahoy (laughs) (laughs) or the guests could bring the dessert you know yeah that's something that they could do that All right, let's go to Jason Torres, who writes, describe the first time your parents caught you drunk or high. What was the punishment of, or what was a punishment of that magnitude in the Cam household? Honestly, I don't remember, maybe because I was drunk or high, (laughs) but I honestly don't remember. I was really thinking about this. I don't remember ever getting in serious. You know what's funny is all of the drinking that I could have gotten in trouble in high school for actually... Not that I think my, you know, I don't think my parents were clueless. I think they just sort of accepted certain things and hoped that I wasn't a complete idiot, which I was, but I guess it worked out. Everybody is. A lot of my busted happened after I left. Really? Like they found a lot of, like there were a couple times I had parties and for some, I don't know, this is like 17 year old logic. I didn't just toss the cans in a garbage can like any normal person would do. I like hid them 
and I hid these garbage Were you bags. Recycle them? Later? No, I don't know. I I guess I was worried that maybe if the trash came late, my parents would see it or something. I don't know. But I put a bunch of trash bags, like can like beer can trash bags, in a ceiling panel in the basement. And my parents found this like a couple years later, and they asked Brian about it because Brian's younger than me. Brian's like, "That was Andy." And they're like, oh, you're just playing. No, it no was it's Andy. not. It was Andy. I, I think he basically talked them into believing that it was me. By who do you think is dumber to do that, <laughs> me or Andy? And they're like, no, you got a point. Um, another time, my parents, I guess, my parents don't really drink. Okay. Like they had a bar, but it was mostly for other people. They don't really drink. So the bar basically became my bar because they wouldn't notice anything. But yeah. some of the clear liquors I refilled with water. I think everybody's done that. At right. Some point except. Or my parents basically figured this out one time. The rare, most of their friends don't really drink either, but the rare party they had where people drank, they started pouring like a vodka tonic, and it was basically just water and tonic. And again, they went to my brother, and he's like, that's Andy. So most of my getting caught happened after I was living in the house. I'm just going to start using that was Andy whenever something comes up. I'm just going to throw you under the bus, much like Brian did. Uh, Last one. Jacob in OC writes, if quitters never win and winners never quit, who came up with quit while you're still ahead? If winners never quit and quitters quitters never never win, win, who came up with quit while you're still ahead? Someone just apathetic. (laughs) Someone that just doesn't really care. Like, they got bored with the situation. They just got completely bored. Yeah, but if you quit when you're ahead, but it hasn't ended, you lose. Only right? if you, No, only if you have decided that you didn't get what you wanted. Like, if the competition in your mind is over, and you got what you wanted, then you won. But if we're playing basketball to 11, let's say, and I'm ahead 7 to 5, and I quit, I haven't won the game. Are you done with the competition? <laughs> Have you decided that you've gotten enough out of this competition that you wanted? <laughs> then you've won. You know why? Because you're not wasting your time anymore. You're doing something that you'd prefer to do instead. Ergo, you won. <laughs> That's an interesting way to think about it. Speaking of uh, basketball out at the park, I got out there and got some shots up this week, and I may have damaged a relationship <laughs> in the process. That's coming up next. It's Travis Slee, 710 ESPN.